Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of geek to me Radio. Today we have actor Josh Keaton on live with us for the hour, talking all about his career, voiceover techniques, we'll get into some of his more famous roles, and we'll take your calls live on the air if you'd like to speak with Josh, tell him how much you enjoy his work, whatever, we'll get into all that and more, stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. Driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight, hearing us on the Big 550 KTRS, celebrating 25 years in broadcasting. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching the stream on Instagram, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, hello to you. And of course, if you're hearing us after the fact, in the podcast form, wherever you get your podcast from, we appreciate your finding us there and subscribing. And uh, if you could leave us a nice five-star review, that always helps us in search engine optimization and just kind of knock, knocks us up another uh, point or two in the rating. We appreciate that as well. Uh, we've got a full show. I'm very excited to talk to this next guest. Josh Keaton, you'll know him from many roles, Spectacular Spider-Man, Voltron, Green Lantern, now on Young Justice, all that and more. And let me bring him in now. Josh, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Thanks so much for the time today. This is uh, very exciting. You followed me on Twitter and I almost plotzed. It was amazing. And I was like, oh, I've got to see if he'll be on the show. And you were very kind enough to say yes. So thanks for doing this during the holiday season. Yes, thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I was looking over your IMDb, resume, your, your page, your whole stuff, and it's funny. I didn't think you were this old, but in 1963, you were on General Hospital, which is amazing uh, no, to me. Actually, I, I'm not that old. That, uh, <laughs> when, they, when they put that on there, they, um, I guess they do it from when the show first started. Right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I saw that, too. I was like, wait a second. Was I alive in 63? But no, I was not. <laughs> Maybe it was reincarnation. Maybe in your blast yes. life you were I didn't This know. was my previous self. Right. Yes. But you've got General Hospital and also Young and the Restless uh, as soap operas under your belt. And every actor I've ever talked to has been part of the soap opera says it's like an intense learning experience for an actor. Because you've got to learn lines. You've got to be, you know, right there in the moment. And it's uh, it's really a lot of it's, it's good for an, any actor to have on their the resume. Women, I mean, Honestly, it's very, it's kind of consistent with voiceover because you don't really have a lot of prep time in voiceover. You just kind of are expected to bring the words up off the page and make it make sense and perform it pretty, pretty much right away. Hmm. And it's kind of the same with soap opera. I mean, cause they're doing re they're doing rewrites up until the time and probably during the time that you're actually shooting. So you, again, you, you can't really get too married to the dialogue. You have to be on your feet and ready to, to change at a moment's notice. Um, but uh, again, those were when I was very young. I, I think I played somebody in a flashback and then oh. something else. So, I mean, I was probably like maybe 12, 11 or 12 when I did those. That was uh, probably like very early 90s. And talking about your youth, too, I always like to ask, because I'll see stuff as I'm researching my guests, and something will come up, and I'll ask them. They said, no, nah, that's not true, or they'll confirm it. Uh, at sure. age three, three, you were in an Oshkosh by Gosh commercial. Is that accurate? I want to say it was Oshkosh. It could have been something else, but that, that sounds about right. Um, I, it, it was either, and I think it was probably four. Okay. Um, I joined the union when I was five. Wow. Yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> my daughter's actually a, a member of SAG already. She's done a couple of voiceover things that oh, she cool. did during the pandemic. Um, because we have a studio here. And so she was able to, to just kind of knock that stuff out. Um, but yeah, that, that was, uh, that, that sounds about right. Uh, a commercial back, back then. Um, that's really kind of what I did when I was little, um, commercial work here and there, extra work, kind of cut my teeth on a bunch of, a bunch of the, the, the smaller stuff before I started getting, you know, speaking roles and things like that. And are your parents, like your mom has the VHS copy of the commercial and pulls it out on holidays. Look I'm at sure little Josh. I'm sure she's got VHS of everything, but um, <laughs> my, my parents are, I, they're not hoarders, but they, 
they have a garage full of stuff that has just been kind of put in the garage and somewhat organized. You know, you can still park cars in there. It's still like, it's, it's not like a hoarder house, right? But they have like tons of stuff in there that they haven't looked through since the time they put it there. So finding anything would be a massive chore. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, so hopefully the stuff hasn't deteriorated because you know how magnetic media is, you know? Yes. Very true. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, hopefully VHS. I think a lot of those, if you get the Sonys, they're built to last. So I'm sure that's sure. probably fine. The Betamax. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, I mean, just to look over your entire resume, all the different voice roles you've done, um, the easiest thing would be, do you have a favorite role? But you've got so many. Are there times when you're looking through and like, oh, my gosh, I did do that project. I forgot all about it. There actually have been. I mean, I, there have been some people who have come up to me and said, oh, I loved you in this. And I was like, wait, I was in that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, I totally, totally remember that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's when, when you've been in the business since you're a child. I mean, there's, there's just a ton of stuff that you've forgotten about, like a ton of stuff. And the thing is, is that as an actor, you kind of, you go in, especially, especially with something like voiceover. Like if you're doing, if you're doing on-camera acting, there's, there's more, I, I guess it takes longer to do. Like if you're doing one episode of something, it takes about a week, you know? Yeah, if, sure. if, and so you're, you're on that set doing that part for like a week. Uh, whereas with voiceover, I mean, you, you knock out an episode of something in a couple of hours. So, and, and with voiceover, you kind of make your money by always working. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's really not a lot of job security. You're always auditioning for your next thing and, and you always got to kind of keep doing things. So you, it's, it's really volume of jobs that, that you're working off of. And so it's very, very possible to have done a job at some point you go in, you do two hours, you totally forget about it. And then, but, but that, that has a life of its own, you know, yeah. once you put it out there and once they make the show that continues to live on and then, you know, it, somebody watches it and it means a whole lot to them for whatever reason. And, and they remember it and, and then they run into you and, and you don't, <laughs> you get embarrassed. But, right. Yeah. No. I remember. Sure. But it's, it's, it's interesting too, to see, you've got a wide range of on camera uh, TV and film with a lot of voice work in cartoons and then also a lot of voice work in video games. So yes. is it a different mindset when you're preparing yourself for one of those versus the other at all? Kind of, um, I guess, I mean, I like to, I like, if, if you have it like a Venn diagram, I kind of like there to be some overlap between the two. Like I, I try to, if I'm, if I'm preparing a role for on camera or voiceover, I kind of try to prepare them the same way. I mean, obviously the character work is going to kind of have to be the same and, and script analysis and all of that. But even if you're just using your voice, if you have movement, if you have all that stuff kind of thought about when you go in and you do your, your voice performance, it's still going to, it's still going to translate, you know, because yeah. you're going to, you're going to, you're, your speech is going to have a certain pace. You're going to pause in certain ways because you're, you're gesturing or whatever. Like there's going to be certain things that, that are going to um, still translate, even though it's just voice. So and the more specific you can be with your character, I feel like the, the, the better the performance is going to be. Um, I mean, you, I mean, you sure can always just phone it in and just say, Oh, it's just voice. But um, you know, that, that comes across. And I know with uh, you've done so much video games. Were you a gamer? Are you a gamer, or is it just kind of is it just, just the job? Or no, yeah, like I, I've been a gamer since Atari. Like <laughs> I didn't have an Atari. Like I, I didn't really grow up with a lot of money, so we couldn't really afford that stuff. My uncle had an Atari, and he hmm. would always bring it over on holidays, and and uh, and I used to play it, and and it was amazing, and I loved it. And uh, I, I ended. I did have a Nintendo, an, an NES. Um, had a few games for that. Not a, not a whole lot, but I had a few that I that I would play. Um, I grew up with kind of like overbearing parents, okay. sort of. And, and so like my mom especially didn't want me to play video games hmm. at all. So like I would basically have maybe one one or two days, eh, maybe maybe three or four days in the year where I was really allowed to play video games. And so I like played all day. And uh, and, and that was it. But then I had to like put it away. And, and so there were like a lot of games that I played, but I never really beat. Like I didn't even really beat Super Mario, the original Super Mario Brothers, oh, really? until I was well into my twenties. Because, like, how are you going to beat a game when you only have like one day a year, yeah. or two days a year to play it? You know, and there's other games that you want to play. Like I remember this uh, this RPG called Dragon Warrior that I that I really loved. Um, it, it was like that, like a very early turn based RPG uh, that was on the NES. But again, like turn based RPGs are huge games, oh, and yeah. they take long time you got to level up your character you got experience points you got all of that and i mean when you're 
when you're only playing a few times a year, you just, you can't do it. So, yeah. And, and you're certainly somewhat younger than me, but did you have like going out to the arcades uh, at local malls and everything? Was that, was that a, a thing you were fun, uh, you know, got into that at least? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, whenever we would go on vacation, the first thing I would do would be to try to find and see if like the hotel had an arcade. Or <laughs> I went to a mall. The first place I was going was the arcade. If there right. was Seven Eleven, I went in there to see if they had street fighter or teenage mutant Ninja turtles or whatever. So um, that, that was definitely something that I loved to do. And I had, I had a lot of favorites. I loved, I loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I loved yes. Simpsons game, which kind of had that same engine. Um, I loved Street Fighter two. Mm-hmm. I loved Mortal Kombat. Um, I, I even loved, uh, oh man, what was it? Off-road. Remember off-road? I do. You, yes. You know, the, the little, the, the trucks on the track and all that, yeah, like the little shifter that you can, all that. yeah, like I love that. I loved a lot of the driving games, Spy Hunter mm-hmm. and position like just the uh, arcades were like what i lived for yeah yeah, yeah. it was always always a good time i often kind of feel bad for kids today because my niece uh, i took her to the arcade for the first time and her eyes just lit up and she's like so you just play the games and each one's its own game it's the concept yeah. of not being able to just turn on a switch and have all the games at your fingertips downloading from the internet was kind of boring but yeah. she had a great time she loved it yeah yeah i just uh we we went to like miniature golf with uh with my kids and with, uh, um, with their, uh, with, with my, with my niece. And it was a, a miniature golf place that had like a big arcade within the place. And it, again, it was their first time actually going in and seeing that and getting able to, being able to play it. And I remember when, when I was a kid back in my day, um, it was like a quarter and you would put in a quarter to play the game. Now you have to have a card yes, and the card you load up with 20 bucks and then you swipe it and you don't really know how much that swipe is. And I think it's like each game is like a, a dollar or two. It's crazy. It's crazy how how much inflation has really just made these things so much more expensive. Like, yeah, it's annoying to me because with the card you have, like I go to Dave and Buster's here in St. Louis and you'll get like you have 100 points and you swipe the card. That was 4.8 points. I'm like, well, now I'm going to end up with this weird number. So you have to yeah. reload the card. So I guess it's exactly. brilliant on their part, but it's kind of frustrating for me. So, yeah, point eight. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. Make it it's, five. I, I mean, know like, something. Let's, five, it's never going to add up, but that's OK. Um, yeah. but all the, all the video game roles you've done, uh, obviously Ocelot's one of my favorites. I love the metal gear series. Yes. And when you think about between the video games and the cartoons you've done, there are so many action figures of you out there. Um, are you someone who collects them and like, Oh, this is cool. I'm going to get one of these. Hey, that's the Absolutely. role. I, did. I mean, you can't really see here, but up there I have like Funko pops of characters I've done. Um, I, I have, when I did Spectacular Spider-Man, there's actually a very, I mean, it's very rare now, probably very collectible. Um, they had a Spectacular Spider-Man action figure, like like a foot tall action figure that you would press the spider on his chest and it was my voice. Oh, and how I, cool. I, I remember going in and doing the session for that. And um, once once Disney bought Marvel and canceled our show so they could make their own, those all were struck from the shelves and they replaced it with like the generic head Spider-Man with like, the guy sounded like the movie phone guy. Like, you yeah. know, it, it's, <laughs> it's time for web slinging. And I was like, come on, dude, that doesn't sound like Spider-Man. Like no, no shade to that guy. I mean, he was just doing his job, right. but um, I mean, it, it didn't sound like Spider-Man. It, it, it sound, didn't sound like, like a kid. It didn't even, it, it, I don't know. It just sounded totally different, but yeah, the one that, the one that has my voice is very rare. So I have hmm. that. That's one of my most prized toys because, well, I mean, how many people can say they have an action figure with their voice of on course. it? Of course. That is pretty cool. And yeah. it's got to be, I noticed uh, when I'll put out polls sometimes just to kind of engage with followers, and I always say, what's your favorite Spider-Man? And the majority of the people say Spectacular Spider-Man is the quintessential Spider-Man cartoon. People love it. Uh, the, the voice cast you guys had was great, but the animation was very slick. Um, yeah. And it's not to take anything away from past or the current iterations, but it does tend to have a, a, just a lot of love uh, for that particular series. What personally would you attribute that to knowing this? Um, everybody that was working on the show was a fan of Spider-Man um, from from the, the regular cast to the guest cast, to the artists, to the directors, to the writers, um, everybody. Uh, everybody on it really, really loved Spider-Man. They loved the character. They loved the universe. And, and it showed, you know, everything was a, was a love letter to, to classic Spider-Man. And they also really picked and uh, cherry-picked the best from every iteration of Spider-Man and just kind of jumbled it together. And there was tons of fan service in there. There were lots of Easter eggs. They recreated a lot of iconic covers yeah. uh, within 
action of the show. So you could like pause the show at certain <laughs> moments. And, and there's the cover from like this issue. And, and they had all kinds of stuff like that. Um, even, even the characters themselves, like if there was a character who had a name in the show, it doesn't matter if they had one line, they were not made up. There was a comic that you could go back to and say, that is the janitor from this comic. Right. Like it was, everything was taken from an existing comic. Um, The, the animation, the animation um, originally, like when it was first announced and they showed off some of the character designs, there was an initial contingent of people that were like, Oh dude, this sucks. This looks kitty. This looks whatever. But the reason that the designs were stylized and kind of simple was so that they could really put that budget into the squash, the what they called it stretch and squash, um, like like the 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 dynamics and fluidity of the animation. Mm. So when you actually watch these fight scenes, the fight scenes are incredible because yeah. the way that Spidey's able to move because he's not clunky and because he's not super muscly and super detailed, um, you have some of the most incredible fight scenes that you've seen in Spider-Man anything. Um, like there's some Sinister Six fight scenes that are just amazing. Um, so, I mean, that's, I, I feel like everybody was just bringing their A game because they loved Spider-Man and, uh, and, and they were, they were, you know, that's, that, that really kind of shown, shined, shined through, shown through. Shown, shine. You say potato, <laughs> shown, I say shine. vodka. I think shown. There yeah. We, either, we know, we know too. We, we know. <laughs> potato vodka. Right. We got it. But it's, it's such a cool thing too, because I know with, uh, the black costume that was handled, I think better in yours than was in the previous, the Spider-Man animated series from the 90s. It was handled a lot more uh, true to the origin of the comic book thing, which I thought was a nice touch, too. So it is nice to see those, as a comic book fan, staying true to the story is kind of a big thing for me, anyway. Yeah, and I mean, did you notice how there were, it took all three suits, where it started out with the Spider-Man movie suit when it just takes him over. Yeah. And as it keeps taking him over, it ends up completely over the course of a few episodes, morphing into the one where, where I think it's the McFarlane uh, mm-hmm. suit where yeah. uh, like the Spider-Man or the spider wraps around him completely. Yeah. Like it. Uh, yeah. Like just even little details like that. That's uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's food. It's food for the, <laughs> for the Spidey geek, you know, you yeah. just eat it. With Green Lantern, when you played Hal Jordan, I know I read in an interview that you weren't terribly familiar with Green Lantern when you got that particular role. Was it the same true with Spider-Man? Did you go back and research that? Or Spider-Man, I think, a little more well-known than Green Lantern, but did you... Well, Spider-Man, was, Spider-Man was the character that I, that I read growing up. Okay. Like that, that's, that, it was a dream to play Spider-Man because, because that's, that, was always, that was always what I loved to read, and that's, that's who I identified with. I was, I was a geeky kid. You know, I liked science. I got bullied in school. Like, it was... Everything rang true to me. Um, whereas with Green Lantern, I really wasn't familiar with the pro- with the with the universe, with the mythos, with any of it. Um, so when I auditioned, um, I I kind of just I, I kind of flew by the seat of my pants, very hal. And <laughs> when I got the job, I, I I was immediately like worried. I'm like, I really don't know this character that well. Um, so I enlisted the help of a friend of mine who. Uh, is is a massive Green Lantern fan. Like, it's his favorite comic. And I knew he would be able to point me in the right direction. But again, like, even though I trust him, I was still under an NDA, so I couldn't, like, tell him mm. that, hey, I got this part and I need help. Because <laughs> then I would have had to disclose that, hey, they're making a series and yeah. this and that. Like, I just, I couldn't say anything. So as much as I trusted him, I had to tell him, hey, uh, so I've been thinking about reading Green Lantern, man. Like I, I, I picked up one and it looked cool and he got instantly all excited. He's like, Oh, dude, I, can, I can tell you everything about it. I can here. Let me, let me, let me like send you a list of everything you have to read. And that was like the Bible to me. It was great. It, it really just told me so much about the character, about, about the world, about the, the Lantern core, about other cores. Um, and, and it, it really kind of allowed me to hit the ground running when I got into the first recording session. Yeah. And so many great roles that you've taken on. Uh, we need to take a quick commercial break. Am I okay to keep you over for a while? Yeah, it's fine. Perfect. Okay. We're going to take another quick commercial break. We're going to come right back, continuing our chat with Josh Keaton. So please stand by. Hi, I'm Bex Taylor-Klaus from Voltron. I play Pidge, and you're listening to Geek to Me Radio. Welcome back. Geek to Me Radio, the show brought to you every week by the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. You know them from the website discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. 
They are midway through their huge Christmas festival, Christmas Traditions. It's the biggest and longest-running Christmas festival in the entire country. Uh, They are in its 47th year this year, celebrating 47 years of Christmas traditions. It's a lot of fun. They have everything you can imagine. On Wednesday nights, they have a Christmas carol stroll. You walk through the story of a Christmas carol up and down the 12 blocks of South Main Street. You can see the reformed Scrooge, the young cranky Scrooge, the ghost of Jacob Marley's there. They've got Tiny Tim. They've got uh, cobblestone wassaliers singing period songs. It's just a wonderful time all along that historic area with the cobblestone streets and the brick buildings that date back, some of them, to the 1700s. So if you've not been there before, Christmas is a great time to get down and visit. And, of course, it's never a bad time to go, but Christmas Traditions always makes it extra special. Go to the website to plan your trip, whether you're in the greater St. Louis area and have not made the trip across the bridge to go see it yet. Maybe you want to put that on your Christmas list of things to do. If you're from out of town, and maybe like Josh is from out of town, if you want to come and visit, there you can stay at hotels, there's bed and breakfast, there's camping places you can go to. All right there. I always recommend to start by planning your trip at the website, discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. As we always say, it's an historically good time. Talking with Josh Keaton for this hour, and uh, coming back, we heard the voice of Bex Taylor Klaus. When you guys did the big finale, the big you know series finale for Voltron, we had Kimberly Brooks, uh, Bex joined us, we had uh, Jeremy was on, and we had Andrea Romano, who is one of my favorite people in the entire world. Um, yes. That was a series that was so well done from someone with, the, and I'm wearing my Voltron shirt, I'm not sure if you can see it or not. I can see it, um, yeah. But they've just from me being a fan of the original series... They took so many elements from that, but they streamlined it and made it modern, and it was such a well-done series. It had to have been a great honor to work on that show with that cast being directed by Andrea for the first season. Yeah, no. Well, actually, she she um, directed every season except oh. for, like, a few episodes at the very end where okay. she had to um, – because she, she started going blind in, in one yeah. eye. So it, it affected her work quite a bit. So um, she she made it almost to the very very end of the show, and it was just like maybe the last the last four or five episodes that she wasn't able to to direct. But uh, but yeah, no, she she helmed our ship, and she she was the captain, and 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 it was a fantastic experience. Like I, I really feel like um, every everybody. I mean, we 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 all really became friends on that show, and and it's uh, I, I just did. I just did kind of a reunion panel with Bex and Kimberly and uh, and AJ who played uh, Lotor in the show today earlier today and and it was kind of like we picked up like it never <laughs> left off you know I see Kimberly we we do conventions occasionally same with uh with AJ but it was it was just so nice to see um well not everybody but everybody I saw today yeah uh, and, and yeah it was it was great like playing Shiro was it was another career highlight because even though even though Spidey was like my my dream character to play um, Shiro was just cool in a totally different way because it was the longest I'd ever played a character. Hmm. Um, and, and in terms of just, you know, episode count and, and, and all that time, time playing the character. And it was, it was something that I really felt as though I could have more, more of an input in kind of helping to, to shape the character because every other character that I, well, most of the other major characters that I've played have been like Green Lantern or Spider-Man where there's kind of an existing mythos. There's kind of an existing way that you kind of have to play them, even though you can put your own spin on it. There's, there's a sandbox that you have to stay in. Right. So it's, so it's still true to the character that everybody knows. Whereas with Shiro, I kind of had carte blanche to do whatever, you know, as, as long as it fit in with the story, um, you know, how he was played was really kind of up for, up for grabs. So um, I, I feel closer to that character than a lot of the other characters I've played because I, I really got the opportunity to be who I wanted him to be. And, uh, and, and that was, that was really fun. And I know, uh, I think the last time you guys was at San Diego comic-con when all of you Tyler was there and everybody else at the same time, that was yeah. the last time I guess you guys all were on a panel together, but I noticed I've seen, I I've never been to San Diego comic-con. I'm a little agoraphobic. So I'm worried about that big of a crowd, but I would love yeah. to go just to, for that experience alone, because I saw just the room when they were showing that first episode of the final season was just electric. That had to be again, as an actor working on that project, just an amazing thing to know you've excited so many people yeah it was a bit surreal man like especially the first the first panel that we did where they announced i mean they had already announced the show but where they played the first episode 
where's that one they announced? No, they, they had to have announced it earlier because we had like a massive panel room and it was completely full. Um, and people were just like, like, uh, oh, what's the, the, the Queen song? The, um, with the, the stomp, stomp, clap. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, we will rock we, you. We rock you. We will rock you. It was like they were basically doing that. Like it wasn't that, but they were they were like you know stomping their feet and clapping their hands and saying Voltron, Voltron, Voltron. We were backstage, not knowing what to expect. We're like, oh my god, they're like they're screaming for us. What is going on right now? It was crazy. It was crazy. And it introduced that really? cartoon, that story, to a whole new generation of fans. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just amazing how. Voltron's legacy for something that uh, we always we claim it here in St. Louis because KPLR animation everything like that kind of helped launch it bring it from Japan over to here and so it was oh, really St. Louis and we we like to say it's St. Louis anime uh, we're kind of we've got a big Voltron statue down in the Central West End it's really kind of a cool thing so but to have cool. that connection with an entirely different generation and know that you've kind of bridged that gap because there's fans my age who love the series and then the little kids who love the series now Again, I guess as as an actor, knowing that you've kind of got generations of fans out there, that's I can't think of anything more rewarding. Yeah, no, that's that that's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. I've met people who who were fans of the old show and and loved it, and people who never saw the old show and just just love the new one. So yeah, it's uh that that that's really cool. I got to see this statue someday. Yeah, if you're ever in St. Louis, it's uh you just put Voltron statue into ways, and it'll take you right there. I think it's in the Central West. Joey, am I still correct? Did they move it? It was at the Science Center. Is it in the Central West End? It's probably decorated for Christmas. Joey's right. So, yeah, they probably, probably decorated it. But that's who knows? Awesome. That's Red and green lions go well with Christmas. It's fine. So that's it's all good. I love it. I love it. And with working, I've got, I made a list of some of the stuff because you've worked um, on a lot of the – starting right out of the gate with the real Ghostbusters, with that cast, Maurice LaMarche and everything like that. I know yeah. the way voiceover is done, especially post-pandemic, is a lot different than it was – way back when you'd have like a studio and i know and andrea likes to work with all the actors being able to see each other and play off each other and everything like that with the changes in the way voiceover has been done what is what have you found personally in the past five years has been been the biggest help to you personally in the voiceover field i'm sorry the biggest help the biggest help or the biggest uh change that you think oh that's really great from the way it used to be done what have you noticed uh be it technologically or just the way it's done well technology has definitely changed in the fact that a lot more of it is is home accessible um before you always had to be in the studio you know you had to have uh, i mean stuff is much more available to the average person now so i mean i have a studio this is just a paper backdrop but right behind the backdrop i have my my vocal booth and all of that all my gear is over here so i i can record broadcast quality stuff from here Mm. um it's kind of a double-edged sword because like i like it in that I mean, I can, I can really just roll out of bed and, and <laughs> throw on some pants and come over here and, and record. Um, but at the same time, like I do miss the human interaction. I, I, I miss the routine of getting in the car and driving to the studio and, and stopping off for some food and saying hi to everybody and, and, you know, hugs and, and all of that. Like I, I miss that for yeah. sure. Um, it is, it's definitely more convenient. Um, I, it allows me to spend more time with my family and my kids, but, um, you know, you, you kind of miss out on, on some of that, that connection with your colleagues. Um, you have to basically act with people over little tiny zoom squares, actually just being there and having that. But I mean, it, it, it works, you know, you're, you're able, we're still able to do it. Um, and, and, uh, you know, my kids are at the age where I don't really want to miss a whole lot with them. So, uh, they're, they're six and eight. So, uh, that that's that's kind of a, a big thing that that makes me very appreciative for what I do. So, are are your children impressed by? Oh my gosh, that's my dad voicing that. Or could they really just care less at this point? Is it what what age? How how interested or invested are they? They don't really care. Like <laughs> they, they think it's kind of cool. They they they've asked me. Like I think their friends think it's cooler because like their friend will find out your dad was in this, and then like my sister my my sister my my daughter came to me and said, Dad, are you famous? And I'm like. <laughs> Not really. She's like, but my friend knows who you are. <laughs> I was like, well, that's <laughs> kind of cool. But um, yeah, I mean, and I, I've kind of explained to her, I'm like, there's there's different levels of fame. Like some people, like you can't go outside because everybody's going to know who you are and come up to you. And right. and then like me who, you know, I can kind of disappear and there's going to be some people who know who I am, but it's it's still, you know, I can stay pretty anonymous. My, my son's teacher actually came to me 
uh, last week because I guess they had had Thanksgiving. They went to go see Hamilton. She she took her son who's in his twenties, and um, I I don't know how they were talking about it, but um, they got onto the subject of like cartoons, and she said, "Oh yeah, my son's father or, or my my student's father is uh, he was Spider Man," and he said, "Which Spider Man?" And I had talked to her about it, and she said, "I, I think it was spectacular." He's like, "Josh Keaton." <laughs> And he knew who I was. And like my, my, my son's teacher was like freaking out. She's like, yes, yes. And they were talking about it and all that. So, um, but my kids not, they don't, they don't really care so much. Like they play video games. They play a lot of video games. They love Minecraft. My, they started, they learned how to play video games on this game called knack, which I was in. Hmm. Um, and there's a lot of cutscenes in that. It's kind of like got a whole accompanying movie essentially that, that you play through. And Whenever it would get to a cutscene where I would actually have like you know a scene, they would just skip right through it, get back to the game. It's like, don't you want to see? No, Dad, I'm playing. I'm like, thanks. But okay. I worked for like worked three for weeks like, on just that line. Come on. Go well, back. no, those games. I was literally filming those games when each of them were born. When Knack One was being filmed, and this was like a full mocap game. I was in the suit with the balls and all of that. When it was, I think my my last day. It was either my last day or like my third to last day of shooting. My wife was in labor and she was in the hospital. And like, I actually had to leave right from there and go straight to the hospital. That was with my, my daughter who's mm. eight now. And then, uh, wow, man, time flies. It's yeah. crazy. And then when I was doing NAC two, I had to leave because uh, my son was being born. Mm. So mm. it was just, it was crazy. It's crazy times. I think, I, I, again, as a child who grew up in the pop culture realm and just loved everything, if, you know, if, if my dad was the voice of Spider-Man, I don't think I'd be st- able to stop telling kids, maybe at lunch, hey, I'll trade you for a cheese sandwich. By the way, my dad's Spider-Man. I think I'd be very <laughs> excited. So, but that's just me. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, no, they don't, they don't really care. <laughs> We're talking about Spider-Man, too, um, obviously, when that got canceled and Disney brought out the other ones, um, I, I thought it was really cool because in the video game, you got to voice Harry Osborn, and then in the new series, you voiced Norman Osborn. So you still got that cool Spider-Man collection. You 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 voiced several characters in the yeah. Spider Verse. That's still very fun. That you're still again in the sandbox, as you put it. Yeah, absolutely. And then I was Electro in the PS4 game. That's right. Yeah. They actually, they actually used my face. Like they didn't they didn't ask to. <laughs> it just my my face is in the game. Huh. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm 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 electro in in every way, I guess. Yeah. So. <laughs> Did, when you were you, at, I mean, and again, I don't want to bring up a sore subject or anything because I know it's it's you got let go and then they redid the Spider-Man thing once sure. Disney kind of took over. But did you were you even asked were you allowed to audition? Did you want to audition or was it kind of like well they're going a different direction and you just kind of moved on mentally? No, I mean honestly, like they, it's it's not something that I've really like. They'll call me in for every other part except for Spider-Man. Yeah. So I, I, part of, I, I honestly, I obviously can't prove anything. It's just my own speculation, but I feel like that shows a sore spot for Marvel because mm. it wasn't their show and it was so well received that everything that they do after that gets compared to it. And so it's kind of like a nuisance to them. Yeah. That's, that's what it feels like. Um, I, I could be completely wrong and, and uh, you know, just talking out of my ass here, but that's, that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like they, it's just, they, they'd, they'd rather not acknowledge that it was right. a thing. Right. No, um, that makes sense. I mean, it, you know, if, if, if they're not able to match that bar. It, it was not their show. It was a Sony show. Yeah. It, you know, they had, they had nothing to do with that show. And, but everything they do now gets compared to it. I mean, I, I guess I could understand where that would be kind of annoying, but yeah. I know as as a kid my age, I grew up watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends on Saturday mornings. I'd get my big bowl account chocolate and I'd sit there and, watch yeah. cartoons all day long. And that's one of the voices I always hear in my head is Dan Gilvezan doing the yes. voice of Peter Parker. And for, uh, again, a whole generation, you're the voice people are hearing in their heads. Um, when you're, when you got the role of Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and you go in for it, did you have a voice in your head? You're kind of thinking, this is how you should sound. Was it kind of uh, a little bit tweaked during the direction of the series? How did the, you finally settle on the voice you're doing as Peter Parker in the series? It was really just the voice that was always in my head when I was reading comics, which was kind of kind of my voice at the time. Yeah. Um, I, but there were there were two sides to it. Like I definitely was playing up the the nerdiness and the insecurity when he was Peter, um, because I mean obviously a lot of that is is within him. But when he's around other people, 
he plays it up even more kind of almost like Clark Kenty in yeah. a way mm-hmm. where, where, you know, he, he has to really, really kind of, Hey, I'm nerdy. I, there's no way I could be this guy. <laughs> um, but so there, there's really kind of three sides that you see in spectacular Spider-Man. There's, there's the side where he's in the suit and he can be confident and he can let all of that, that teenage exuberance out and, and really feel free. Um, and, and, and enjoy his powers and, and really just revel in everything. That's, that's when he's in the suit. Then when he's at home or when he's in his own head, he's that, that's, those are his own insecurities. And that's, that's the Peter that, that Peter has to deal with. Yeah. And then when yeah. it's in front of anybody else as Peter, there's a more heightened version of that where he's really just kind of really laying it on thick so that people won't really suspect that there's any possible way that right. he could be Spider-Man. So, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, all of those were just kind of different facets of my own personality. You know, like I was a loner kind of in high school. I didn't really have a lot of friends. I, I was bullied. I was shorter than everybody. Like it was, there, there was a lot of that. And and that led to my my insecurities when I was in high school. I mean, once, once you know, high school decides what you are in as a freshman, that that's who you are through your senior year. Like it doesn't even matter how much you change or grow or whatever. That's who you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I was an on-camera actor as well, and I had a totally different group of friends outside of that who had I didn't have that stigma with. So when I was hanging out with these people, I was a different guy, you know, like I, I was cool to these people. And mm. so like I felt more confident, but then I would go back to school and then I'd, you know, get dumped on. Yeah. So <laughs> like I, I really felt as though I was kind of living that double life just without the spider That's powers. interesting. Yeah, because you're really kind of then you you kind of can relate on both levels. That's that's really interesting. You have that dichotomy. Very yep. interesting. Um, we're going to take another break. You're OK to stick with us for the rest of the hour. I just want to make sure. OK, perfect. We're going to take another quick break before we do take this break. Uh, since we were just on the topic of Spider-Man, I want to make sure you go check out Bugs, Comics and Games, by the way. Uh, Larry Quiggins, the owner, is listening right now, and I'm sure he's very thrilled that I have a Spider-Man on the air because Spider-Man is Larry's favorite character. But he carries a wide range of Marvel, DC, Image, uh, Charlton, back order, back issues of all sorts of stuff if there's something you're looking for he can get it for you uh go check out the facebook page bugs comics and games.com uh they just opened they've been open for a little over a month now so it's a new business it's a small business we always want to support small businesses so if you're looking for something for christmas if you're a comic book fan they may not have a talking spider-man with josh keaton's voice coming out of it but they do have a lot of toys and a lot of cool things there and just if you're not sure what to get someone Bugs Comics does have gift cards available, so that's another way to go. Uh, it was really nice. I was in the store just last week, and mother brought in her son, and he's trying, well, I like Spider-Man. So Larry went over to the back issue and said, here's a back issue. It's got Ant-Man. If you like the Ant-Man movie, Spider-Man's in this one. It's a web of Spider-Man annual, and he takes the time with each customer. If you don't know what you're looking for, he'll help you find it. So it's like a uh, concierge service for your comic book fandom, which is always fun. Make sure you check out their facebook page bugs comics and games and of course join the avengers discount club you can get discounts on your monthly comic polls give them a poll list and uh, you can start collecting discounts toward those new books bugs comics and games.com is the website check out the facebook page and give them a like there we're going to take this next break we'll come right back and wrap up our talk with josh keaton please stand by Hey, Dad Brain, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Listen to Geek to Me Radio and then try to take over the world. Narf! The Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky we are back. I want to make sure we tell you about our premier movie sponsor, Marcus Theaters. MarcusTheaters.com is the website. If you have not yet got your tickets, if you've not got, I can't even talk English tonight. If you have not yet purchased your tickets to go see Spider-Man No Way Home, go to the Marcus Theaters website and get those now. It's going to be the movie. I think this is going to be the first movie post-pandemic that's going to break $100 million at the box office. I think it's going to do gangbusters. Uh, but there's a ton of good movies that are out right now. If you want to go check out the website, MarcusTheaters.com, find the location of the Marcus Theaters or the movie tavern closest to you. You can also download the Marcus Theaters app. I've actually got it on my smartphone. You can see it right down here. They pull it up, and you, if you're driving out and about, maybe you're uh, holiday shopping, you just want to see a movie kind of relax, use the app, and you can quickly find the closest location to you. You can order your concessions and your tickets right there on the app so they're ready and waiting for you when you get to the box office and walk in, get your concessions, go hang out. 
Uh, give the gift of movies. You don't have to worry about supply chain shortages if you're giving Marcus Theater gift cards. And right now they've got a special. You get a percentage back for the gift cards that you buy so you can use on snack cash at the concession stand and make sure you enroll in the Marcus Movie Rewards Program where you can get points back for seeing movies and buying concessions while you're there. Then you can use those points to buy your snow caps and your popcorn. I'm partial to snow caps. Maybe you don't like them. Goobers, Jujubees, whatever they are that you might like. You can get your candy of choice, and it's a great time to go see a movie, especially during the holiday season. You all have friends in front of town. Go check them out, MarcusTheaters.com, for the best movie-going experience in the galaxy. We're wrapping up, uh, coming to the top of the hour. This hour has flown by. We're talking to Josh Keaton. And with all the stuff you've done, the on-camera roles, we talk, we're talking a little bit about that before we went to break. Do you, at this point in your career, do you prefer the on-camera stuff to the voice acting, be it in video games or cartoons? Or is it just, it, to you, it, it's work and you're just glad to be on a project that you enjoy doing? Uh, probably the latter. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't stop doing on-camera acting because I didn't like it. Um, basically there was a, a big writer strike, um, back in the, in the two thousands yeah. where, where, where work kind of shut down a lot and, and a lot of it slowed down, especially for just regular working actors, because at that point, because they weren't really filming a lot of stuff, even guest roles were going to celebrities and it, it was very hard mm. to, to get out of work. And at the same time, that didn't really affect the animation industry. And so, um, you know, I, I ended up getting a lot of good jobs through that and, and ended up becoming so busy that I just didn't really have a whole lot of time to, to do a lot of on camera. But uh, but it's not something that I ever really, you know, wanted to stop doing. And, you know, I'm still open to doing more and I'll probably, you know, see, put myself out there and, and see if there's any other projects that I can I can start working on because I, I love I love both sides of it. I, I I think I was reminded how much I really enjoyed uh, on-camera acting when I started doing more mocap. Because even though, even though they're still kind of putting a virtual skin over your body and face and all of that, you're still acting with a camera sensibility and with framing and with blocking and with all of that. There's still it's it's kind of like a marriage of voiceover and 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 on camera. So um, you know, doing doing a lot of those kind of parts really really just made me remember. Hey, you know what? I, I really enjoyed this. I. I I should probably get back into doing this. Talking about Disney and obviously you being uh, one of the most loved voices of Spider-Man, I got to ask, it was, I, I think it was a huge deal that you got to voice Steve Rogers and Captain America in Marvel's What If, because that Marvel's What If comic book, one of my favorite comic books of all times, I was very stoked for that series. And then here you are, you get to come in and voice the Chris Evans part, Steve Rogers, Captain America, and those that had to have been a little bit intimidating filling in for. It was absolutely intimidating. <laughs> it was terrifying. Um, because, well, and here's the thing. It wasn't initially terrifying. When I first went in and I did it, like, I didn't think much of it. I was just like, okay, cool. Um, because they have things called voice matches, and then they have, like, sound alikes. So a voice match is like, it's got to be the same voice. Or, or almost the same voice. Uh, sound alike is like, it just has to kind of sound like it. You know, it just has to have the vibe of it. Um, and so I remember it being a voice match. Uh, I have kind of a whole procedure that I do when it's a voice match. I try to find every, every bit of, of audio that I can find of the person I'm trying to voice match. And I, I split it up and I just have ways so I can just like reference it, repeat it, reference it, repeat it, reference it, repeat it, and just kind of train myself that way, which I did with Chris's stuff. Um, but I did the job. It was just like any other voiceover job. And it wasn't until like the show finally got announced that I realized that they were trying to make this canon MCU. So like literally part of the MCU. And at that point I was like, Oh my God, what did I, <laughs> what, what, what's going to happen now? Because like, this is, this is a voice that people have been hearing for like 10 years. This is a voice that's an iconic voice an iconic performance. And there's a lot of diehard MCU fans. And I'm like, they are going to skin me alive because I'm not Chris. And he's one of the only actors that didn't come back to be, uh, you know, the, the, the voice. I think there was like maybe four. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, and, and, and I was one. So everybody, I mean, when it all, when all was said and done, everybody was really positive. Um, I got basically nothing but, but really, really nice, uh, nice reaction. And there were, there were basically two, two camps. There was one camp that a, a big camp that was like, I didn't even know it was Chris until the credit. It wasn't Chris until the credits rolled. And then there was another camp that said, I knew it wasn't Chris, but you sounded like captain America and either one of those I'll right. take it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's great. So, I mean, I, I did my best with it and, and it was something where I really, 
I mean, look, I'm a comic geek myself. Like I, I know how close to these things we can be and how much we can hold on to them. And, and, and we don't like, we don't want people coming in and like messing with our toys, you know, or, or taking a toy and replacing it with like something else. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, I did my best to really try to keep it into what I thought uh, Chris would have done with it. And, you know, that's, that's all I can do. Was that another one where you were by yourself in your studio recording it or did you get to play with any of the other actors? I didn't get to play with any of the other actors. It was just me and the the director, Brian. Um, And basically that was on the Disney lot. So, um, you know, I went in to record that, but it was, it was just us. Um, And then like the, the subsequent episodes in that season, I I did pickups here. Um, But the initial records were done, were done at Disney. But now I mean, on your IMDb resume, you now share a project with Chadwick Boseman, which those last, right? I mean, knowing that that's his last, I just, it was hard to get through that first episode where he was Star-Lord. It's like, ah, oh, without just bawling openly. It was. Yeah. And I mean, like how, how appropriate is it that, that T'Challa was able to basically turn, oh, I mean, spoilers, but that, I mean, it's been long enough yeah. that he was basically able to turn Thanos with a conversation. Yeah. Like, that was such a cool moment. Love, oh. love it. So in character for him too. When you look back on your career, uh, be it let, well, let's start because you've got a lot of uh, live action ones. You've worked on Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, uh, Touched by an Angel. You've worked with a lot of iconic actors too. Picking out the live action, is there something that you remember distinctly? Like you learned something as an actor from one of the actors on some of these other roles that you can go back and say that stuck with me. That this person either did or this person taught me. Um, I don't know, because I mean, when I was, when you're a kid, you don't really think about all that stuff. You just kind of go and you show up and you do your thing and then you leave. And, yeah. and, and I mean, I wasn't necessarily really paying a whole lot of attention to what the adults were doing. It was like, I did my thing. And then the other thing is that when you're a kid, you have, you have set school that you have to do. So oh, that's true. You know, three hours worth of stuff. So like when you're not, when you're not on set working, you go straight to the school room and you got to do, you got to do your hours of school. So, um, there, there wasn't as much of an opportunity. Um, I would say that like, I, I really remembered, I really remembered the, the actors who went out of their way to make it a good experience for me, um, who were generous actors. Like there, there are actors where, you know, if it's not their up, you're reading with a script supervisor and they, they go to their trailer and mm. that's it. Um, and, and that's, you know, more common than you would think, mm. but there are other times where like, even, you know, the 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 bigger actors the the stars of the show they they'd actually stay and they would do they would do your close up with you they would stay there even though they didn't have to uh even though a script supervisor could have read the uh, you know played the scene with you um they stayed hmm. they stayed and they they would they would act out the scene with you even though the camera was not on them um and and i remembered that like that 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 kind of stuff really drummed it into my head how much better it is to be a generous actor yeah. um to where you know cuz it, it ups everybody's performance and people people absolutely remember that people are going to remember this actor you know just went to his trailer versus you know what they they stayed and they read with me um you you remember that it, it's a small it's a small thing you know if if you're acting you're you're still going to do your best whether or not you're whether you're reading with the the main actor or with the script supervisor but um but you know everybody was really good um i there was there was a an a show scorpion that i did mm-hmm. um and and the actor who i played off of he he stayed with me and he he played the scene with me even when it was my close up and and i was just like you that guy was awesome hmm. so you know there was a uh, those those kind of things i i absolutely remember just the the generosity of other actors and it's it's made me strive to be generous when when I'm the actor. Like I've I've had guest people like if if there's if there's somebody if that I'm starring in a show like a voiceover show and there's there's like a new actor you know I go out of my way to 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 make them feel comfortable um, and 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 uh, you know ask if they need a read in or, or as opposed to them just kind of starting the scene on their own if they're doing a pickup or whatever I'll easily offer because what is it, what does it really cost me to do any of that like right. nothing it's like. It's no, it's no time out of my day. I'm already there. What am I going to do? Just, you know, not offer. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems, it seems like the right thing to do, you know? And, and that was, that's, that's just what I learned from, from being around actors who weren't so generous and actors who were. Hmm. Yeah. That's definitely important. That's, uh, that's, you know, something that I think stuck with you and obviously you did it for someone else that'll stick with them too. They're paying it forward too. Um, I know we're coming up on the last part of the hour here. Um, my producer, Joey V, had an interesting question I hadn't thought about. On your on your link and your Twitter is your cameo. 
Uh, so obviously a lot of voice people, they, they do these for gifts and everything like that. Hey, I love yeah. my brother, stuff like that. So with the cameo, is that something that like it, whenever it comes in, boom, I'm going to stop what I'm doing if I can and do the camera. Or do you have like a certain day that you set aside and kind of I, do them all at once? Like, I think four days to do it okay. from the time you get it. So, um, basically I just kind of schedule them. Um, they tend to come in kind of waves. I don't really usually get one at a time. Like usually I'll get one and then like, it'll be immediately followed by a three and a four and a five or whatever. And so I'll kind of like, I'll kind of work my day around it. So like if I have a session or whatever, if I have like a half an hour of downtime, I'll kind of go through, I'll look through them and I'll, I'll kind of like pre-write them or I'll just kind of sit look and, and see what the request is. And I'll, I'll kind of think of the character and if they want it in character or whatever. And then I'll just, I'll, I'll write it out. You know, I'll, I'll write like a, like a little rough, little rough script. Yeah. Um, and then, and then when I have time, I just kind of try to do them all at once. I'll come in here, I'll turn on the lights and, and I have a little clip for my phone and, and I'll just, I'll just do them here. So I just try to knock them out. Um, they have like another thing where they can request 24 hour fulfillment where like, I think it costs like, hmm. uh, I think it's like double, double the cost or whatever, but, but you get it in 24 hours. And for those, it's like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta figure out when I can actually like, do it because I have to do it. There are people and who so forgot to buy a present. They need that quick 24 hour turnaround. Yeah, oh my, their birthday is today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I haven't even got a Spider-Man mask. So. Oh, that's perfect. That's awesome. And yeah. uh, again, we're wrapping up the hour here. We got just about a minute left. So um, I just wanted to thank you again. Do you have any conventions that you're doing coming up in 2022 that people, if they want to meet you, get a figure or a Funko pop signed? I am still putting together my convention schedule for 2022. I know I'm going to be doing more. I mean, I just did, I just did AVOX at the, um, the LA convention center, like a couple of weeks ago. Right, yeah. I know they're going to be having a big convention in July and that's going to be in Pasadena, California. Um, so not, not Missouri, but, uh, that's going to be here locally. Uh, but I'm definitely going to be doing some stuff around, around the country. So, um, I will be announcing all of that on my social media. So just make sure that you follow my social media and you'll be able to know where I am going to be. And I know it's Ash jo- at Josh Keaton on Twitter. Same on Instagram across the board for everything. No, on Instagram, it's Space Padre. Okay. On um, Twitch, it's also Space Padre. On TikTok, it is the Josh Keaton. Uh, YouTube, it is just Josh Keaton. Like some of the some of the socials, I was able to get my name because I, I joined them early enough. But then, you know, if I'm just joining them now, like they're they're gone. Right. Gone. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, this has been an absolute delight. I can't appreciate enough the time you've taken to be on the show tonight. And uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, give them a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Check them out. And of course, that would make a cool Christmas gift is a cameo from uh, Josh Keaton. That is the link there in his bio. Josh Keaton, thanks once again for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. I've had a great time. Thank you. And again, thanks to our sponsors, Marcus Theaters, the City of St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau, discoverstcharles.com, and Bugs Comics and Games. Until next week, my friends. Good night. Hey, kids. Are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser bit.ly slash geek to me bit.ly slash geek to me